Live from the FantasyFootballShow.com studios, it's the Fantasy Football Show. Live! Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern. What is going on, party people? We are here for another episode of the Fantasy Football Show. I'm your man, Smitty. If you're new, smash and Dalvin Cook that subscribe button and the like button on your way in the door. We're doing voicemails. We're doing phone calls. We're breaking down the news. We'll be talking about the Cooper Cup League. We're doing the 96-team league that's ongoing right now. Um, but, boy, we've got we've got a lot of phone calls and voice messages to get to. Let's get to the, the news. There's not a... There's not a ton of, like, huge news items. I thought maybe I was sniffing a, a, an emergency live stream today. I felt it. Maybe it's tomorrow. Maybe I'm a day early on this one. But we have two two pieces of news I think worth talking about right now before we jump right into phone calls and voicemails. If you're on my in my voicemail groups, make sure you start dropping them right now. Lamar Jackson said his absence from Ravens OTAs was not contract-related. He showed up to mandatory OTAs. And this isn't really news because we already knew that Lamar Jackson was wanting not to sign his contract his contract extension. This guy wants to potentially play out this contract year and then go into the following year franchise tagged. And maybe he's using that as leverage and he doesn't really want that. But that's something that we've been hearing over and over and over that Lamar Jackson may want to avoid signing the long-term deal, let the the salary cap hike up, which it's going to next year, let quarterback contracts hike up, and they're certainly maybe on the way. He doesn't have an agent. His mother and him handle his affairs. And maybe they're doing a good job. I don't know. We could judge it later because personally, if you can maybe go get this, you know, lock this kid down at less than 230 million guaranteed, you know, you, you want to do that from the Ravens' perspective because maybe in two years you're paying 300, 350,000 or million for Lamar Jackson, 350 million instead of a 230, you know. And I don't think we'll see 230 guaranteed. That was the, the Cleveland Browns. And that was a one off. Um, I don't think that's setting the tone. It certainly wiggles and moves the market a little bit and, and where quarterbacks think they can negotiate to. And that's going to cause some headaches and problems. And, that's why a lot of NFL teams are not happy with the Cleveland Browns right now. And the Cleveland Browns shouldn't be happy with the Cleveland Browns right now. The way they, they screwed themselves on this deal. And Watson may never play again. Watson may never play football again. He's most certainly on the trajectory of never playing 2022. He's certainly on that path. Is he on the path of never playing 2023? Kinda. Kinda. I feel I feel that he's on that path because this thing's getting completely out of control it's just getting completely it's unraveling um but 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 I do think that we are definitely looking at Lamar Jackson I think you know not holding out not disgruntled this is just you know he's probably upset about Hollywood Brown you know I would be upset about Hollywood Brown I myself wouldn't want Hollywood Brown sent off the way he was sent off and not replaced. Like, Bateman, I get it. Everybody's going to say Bateman season. I I believe also told you Smitty Watson will never play again. 
Doug, you didn't tell me anything. Doug, Doug, the day you tell me something is the day I retire. The day you school me on anything, Doug, is the day I step away. (laughs) I'm useless at that point, Doug. Let's just put it that way. Smitty, sick man cave you have there. I appreciate that, pal. I appreciate that. Um, This is, you know, long time coming, pal. Building this bad boy up. But Dougie, 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 I didn't learn nothing from you, Doug. Stop coming in here with that BS. But Lamar Jackson, he's fine. Nothing's, there's no trouble. There's no trouble in Baltimore. There's no unrest. He's certainly not happy with them dealing away the top option, but when he was asked, let me see if I can find this other clip, when Lamar Jackson was asked, does he want to finish his career in Baltimore, here is what he said, Um, I gotta find this on Twitter apparently, because it's not on uh, NBC Sports yet, but this this was a a quote, let me see if I can find it, it's right here, Team Rappaport, they posted about it, and this should give you an indication that Lamar, Lamar has no plans of going anywhere. He doesn't want to go anywhere. But, you know, I'm sure he's not happy about how this Hollywood Brown situation was handled. So, QB Lamar Jackson was asked if he expects to spend the enti- his entire career in Baltimore. He said, I expect so, yes, I do. So, clearly. Sorry about that. We had a little bit of a, a mic issue there. <clears throat> my bad, my bad. So L- Lamar Jackson wants to stay in Baltimore, it, but why doesn't he sign his deal? I don't know. Apparently he doesn't uh, feel that that he's ready to commit to them or he feels like he's going to get a much bigger deal if he waits. But it's not crazy to wait because he's going to get maybe a bigger deal two or three years from now. But at the same time, it feels a little crazy because he's a running quarterback. When you run like... 150 to 180 times a a season, that puts you at a huge risk for injury. Huge risk for injury. So if you're talking about wanting to be franchise tagged in 2023, franchise tagged in 2024, that's kind of what we've heard his game plan could be, and then sign your, your monster deal, which makes sense in theory, because then you get a 350 deal, you get 50 million, you get 50 million. You're basically getting like $450 million that way versus signing a 10-year deal now for 200 and something. So, like, really, it could work out well, but he's a running quarterback. So, I don't know I don't know how I feel about that. Another injury conversation, this, this guy Zeke Elliott. What do we do with Zeke Elliott? Because I really feel like Zeke Elliott is getting overdrafted. Is there a chance maybe Zeke Elliott does have a top five, or I don't say top five, top eight to 12 running back season left? Is there a world where I can envision that happening? I suppose eight to 12 is possible. Scott says hit the like button, punch the like button. I suppose it's possible, but... I, I certainly wouldn't draft him there. Like, if you want to buy into Zeke Elliott for one more year, number one, rule number one, you have to cuff him to Tony Pollard. 
you have to cuff him to Tony Pollard. If you draft Zeke Elliott without Tony Pollard, you are going to regret it. I think we have another super chat up here that I missed. I'm sorry. Uh, Avatar. Avatar said, Smitty for president 2024. Thank you, Avatar. Appreciate that. I don't I don't think I want the job. <laughs> I don't think I'll get the job. But I appreciate you, Avatar. I pre- You for president, bro. You. You run. Lower this gas, these gas prices, bro. Um, Overcome says, ever win with different teams than the one drafted. Ever win with different teams than the one drafted. I don't know if I'm following. Um, like, do I, do, do I, do I win with the team that I, that I didn't draft, but I trade into a new one? Is that what you mean? Maybe give me, maybe give me a little bit of a. Uh, clarification on that. Avatar dropping another super chat. Smitty, Javante 2024. Now that I can get behind. If if Javante's my running mate, I'll run for president then. (laughs) Okay, Avatar. I'll tell you what. If Javante agrees to be my running mate, I I vow to every one of you, I will run for president. (laughs) Or, Or Lamb. Lamb or Javante. Either one. Zero RB and waiver says prime. Are you talking about like winning different strategy? Pollard, love Pollard. Okay, so back back to the Elliot topic. Do we believe Elliot has a top, we're calling it eight. We're not going to say top five to 10. Top eight to 12 running back potential. Like here, here's what I think. If I'm wrong about Elliot dropping off right away, which is what my stance has been. Like, avoid Elliott, avoid Elliott. You guys drafted him in round four, crazy. Going nowhere near that. There's no baked-in risk whatsoever at round four. Some of you have drafted Elliott in two or three in our mock drafts, and I've absolutely gone crazy. And I, I apologize for my behavior if I got upset. But, you know, you can't do that. You can't do that. This this guy, Elliott, has mileage that no other running back in the NFL has. He, this guy, Elliott, has 1,700 right around 1,700 carries to his name. There's no one relevant that has that kind of workload. That is insane workload. Like, you can't, you can't, how do you, I mean, Elliot is, we got to admit one thing. The the reason I kind of, like, hesitate to, like, close the door on it, but I close the door on it at second, third, fourth round value. I'll only invest in Elliot if it's, like, a, a deal we probably won't see. So let me start off there and make sure you guys understand where I'm coming from. Elliot would only be acceptable in my mind if you're getting this guy in a place where people have felt the same way you felt. They've just ignored him, ignored him. He's fallen way too far. The second, third, and fourth round value is there's no baked-in risk. You're running the risk of ruining your entire season. There's there's Brees Hall at the top of round four sometimes. Brees Hall definitely in round three. Kenneth Walker in round five, six, seven. Like, I'd rather have Kenneth Walker. I'd rather reach for Kenneth Walker than actually draft Zeke Elliott. But you don't need to, just so you know. You can draft Kenneth Walker in round five. Now, he's climbing. We did some best ball drafts. We did some mock drafts. He's climbing in our mock drafts, but we can't determine where Kenneth Walker's value is going to be from our mock drafts because you guys snipe him like in the fourth and fifth round way too early. 
but he was falling into six, seven, eight in best ball drafts. His his ADP is climbing. When you look at the ADP, you know, pre-ranked list when you're on on underdog, which if you want to go to underdog, go to the fantasy football show, click on the underdog banner that I have at the top of the site and click that underdog banner that's linked to promo code Smitty. If you go to underdog fantasy without going to the banner, click on promo code Smitty or use promo code Smitty and play these, these $25 an entry best ball mania drafts where we're, we're literally just drafting draft after draft after draft. And, and I've consumed like, I don't know, five, six, seven teams already. And Kenneth Walker's falling to around six, seven, eight in all of them. Um, Waddle, Waddle sometimes to five, but definitely to four, around four. DK to around four for sure. I love DK in round four. DK is going to really upset people that doubt him. P- people that have given up on DK are going to be sorry. They're going to be sorry they ever doubted this man. There's footage of this guy catching footballs yesterday where he's just, he's literally, his vertical is unbelievable. He's already tall. He's already got a big wingspan. This guy's vertical is as great as anybody's. Like, I, I would definitely venture to say that he he could go up against anybody vertical-wise in the NFL. And I would probably venture to say, ready for a big, bold prediction? Brian says DK isn't the one being doubted. It's his QB. No, but Brian, the concept here is that you, you, you're stealing him away because people are doubting DK as a draft option, bro. People are, people are doubting DK, Brian, because they're not drafting him until round four. This guy had second round. Brian! Warning. Warning. Smithy is approaching dangerous territory. Brian, you're getting Smitty angry. DK Metcalf is being doubted. Brian, he's going in round four. DK runs one route. <laughs> warning. Warning. Threshold and stable. I think Kenny's baiting me. I think Kenny's baiting me. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. <laughs> DK Metcalf is a second round draft selection if everything is perfect. And yeah, you know, the the Baker Mayfield stuff, he was going to maybe get cut. And he was a very, very, very high likelihood of going to to Seattle to throw footballs to DK. But it doesn't even matter, bro. It doesn't even matter. Because you're getting him uh, in the fourth round, the, the risk is all baked in. It's all baked in. I'm getting tempted. You guys got me at eight. I'm I'm pretty close. <laughs> I'm pretty close. My ramp meters at eight out of ten. Push me. You can push me over the limit. I'm not feeling like I'm calming down at all. I'm not calming down at all at this point. Gallop over DK. Alert. Maximum levels reached. Prepare for transformation. Alert. Maximum levels reached. Prepare for transformation.
Smitty Rant. Okay. You want it, you got it. DK Metcalf, what are you all thinking? Why do I keep hearing things like, Smitty, and I know some of you are baiting me to get me to go into here. I'm, I'm not dumb. I'm not an idiot, okay? I understand you baited me in here, but we're here. We're here regardless. But to the real doubters out there that are saying DK Metcalf doesn't have anybody to throw to him, Smitty. Who's going to, where's my megaphone? Who's going to throw to him, Smitty? I just don't understand why you like DK Metcalf, Smitty. There's no one throwing him to football. How's he going to do good? Think, Close your eyes and think back a few years when a boy named Dalvin Cook, Dalvin Cook was falling to right around 22 to 25 overall. And we had people coming out saying the same thing. They come in and say, Hey, Smitty, um, a question for you. Why do you believe in Dalvin Cook when he tore his ACL? He came back and he didn't do well. And um, I just don't think he's got top five uh, running back material uh, in the cards. Yet, he was going at 22. This man was going at 22 overall. And a lot of you kept speaking about him as if he was a top five pick. It was, how can you trust him? This is before he broke out. Your boy Smitty, top five running back. Every single video in the intro, top five running back, top five running back, top five running back. This story relates to a lot of players. It relates to DK. Because once you put a frog in boiling water, he jumps out. It's too hot. This is an, an analogy, people. Don't try it at home, and nor does it really actually work. You take a frog, you put him in boiling water, he jumps out. Why would he not? You're trying to burn him. If you take said frog, put him in lukewarm water, room temperature water, and you turn it on high, and he's sitting there inside his little bathtub of a pot, and he starts getting a little hotter, he starts getting a little hotter, and the man burns to death because it was subtle. He didn't understand what was happening. It was a subtle raise in temperature, and said frog, you cooked him. He didn't even jump out. This is what ADP climbing and falling is like for a lot of people. And in the case of DK Metcalf, where was he with Russell Wilson? Late second round? Very arguably a late second round pick. Then what happened? Russell Wilson got traded. DK Metcalf is no longer worth the second round pick. I agree. There's no baked in risk in that. Second round value for DK. So he falls slowly. The frog in boiling water, or the frog in lukewarm water, turning it on high. He's slowly falling. DK, 3.1, he's a risk. 3.4, he's a risk. 3.8, he's a risk. 3.12, he's a risk. Oh, 4.12. Why would you draft DK in the second round? He's 4.4 now. Why would you draft DK in the second round? He's not worth a top five to seven wide receiver pick. You slowly didn't even feel that he fell to, to round four. His value, his potential upside has doubled since the departure of Russell Wilson. 
you still have potentially Mayfield that could end up being in a Seattle uniform throwing the football to DK. Sounds like the Panthers are trying to grab good old Baker Baker uh, letter maker and interception creator. But if Baker does get released, he will most certainly choose Seattle, I think, over choosing the Panthers, in my opinion. I could be wrong. And even if, let's say, a trade doesn't work out or a release or whatever, and Drew Locke is the quarterback walking into 2022, DK Metcalf, Geno Smith, did well, did okay, did okay, did good enough. DK Metcalf's a special kind of wide receiver because his arms are literally longer than the average player. His ability, I'd venture to say, and I don't have a stat to back this up, and I'm completely guessing, so I could be wrong here. I'm guessing that DK Metcalf could probably, if you were to do a vertical jump test or let's say test on the goalpost, who could jump the highest and touch the highest mark, I'd be willing to guess that DK Metcalf would either be number one, number two, or number three in the entire NFL, or at least out of the wide receivers. Number one, number two, number three, probably the highest leaping wide receiver. Not only is he tall, not only is his wingspan the size of a, a Pontiac, okay? Like, like I have a pretty big wingspan. I'm six, two and a half. My wingspan's about six, four. You usually have a wingspan about two, three, four, five, depend, depending on an, like an athlete, sometimes a lot bigger. Two, three, four, five inches bigger than your actual height. So DK Metcalf probably has a wingspan, if I had to guess, of about six foot five. I bet you DK easily. I mean, I could touch wall, almost wall to wall the studio. DK Metcalf could put his palms on both sides of my studio walls right here. DK Metcalf has the ability to win jump balls differently than other players. DK Metcalf has a catch radius the size of this room, meaning that Drew Locke may throw a bad football, but DK Metcalf from standing in the middle of the room at any point where a ball is thrown anywhere in this room, his catch radius will allow him to catch it anywhere in the entire room. His catch radius is monstrous. So my point being, you can protect yourself and not draft DK top 24 overall. That is logical. That makes sense. We're all on the same page. But when you start ignoring his ADP fall, his down tick in ADP value, and you don't see him as a value in around four or five, you are going to be so sorry that you doubted DK Metcalf. Brian, yes, DK Metcalf, because you're doubting him big picture wise. You're doubting the whole package. If you don't select DK Metcalf in round four, you will be sorry in 2022. Because he's going to absolutely crush fourth round value. He'll probably crush third round value. And he might even earn his previous second round draft value that he had and maintained very in very healthy fashion with Russell Wilson on roster. He might still maintain that because of the type of wide receiver he is. Don't sleep on DK. It's voicemail time. Drop a voicemail at the Fantasy Football Show on the gram. Tell your grandma. It is voicemail time, ladies and gentlemen. Then we're hitting the phones. 
So let's head to the voicemails. This one's from Kenny. And I think we have a, actually, I think we have a super chat first. Let me, let me get to that. Avatar again. Avatar once again dropping a monster super chat. Avatar says, just to push you over the edge, Smitty, DK at his ADP versus Christian Kirk at his ADP. I'm glad you were there. I didn't even need this to be pushed over the edge, but I appreciate you dropping it, Avatar. Thank you very much. Um, Let's get to these voice messages. Number one voicemail of the day. Hey, Smitty, Mooney or Devontae Smith in PPR Dynasty? Mooney or Devontae Smith in PPR Dynasty? That's a great question. That's a great question. Mooney, Devontae Smith. Probably lean Mooney if I had to to lean one direction or the other. But it doesn't mean I don't love Devontae Smith and I love his undervalued you know territory right now when you're jumping into a draft and people want to ignore him as a wide receiver 3-4. Like, do I think... Devontae Smith is going to be a top five wide receiver. I I once did. I once thought this guy could be a top five to 10 wide receiver without question um, if he got the support and development he needed. Now, Philly's been a mess. Philly's been awful for for wide receivers, been awful for Jalen Hurts, has been awful for the running backs. They've had running back by committee Doug Peterson in there that ruined that Miles Sanders value. You have this organization, even the new coach Sirianni wanting to just shove Jalen Hurts out. Like, let's replace him at some point, okay? Let's not give him a chance. They traded for A.J. Brown. Things are going to look really, really good for for Philly walking into 2022. I really think Philly's going to have a monster season. I think they're one of the surprise teams. Like if people people ask me all the time, give me a surprise team, Smitty. 94 of you in here, punch the thumbs up button. A lot of you say, Smitty, give me a surprise. Give me a surprise uh, uh, pick in 2022. and Like a team. And usually my answer is Philly because there aren't a lot of teams hiding in the NFL right now like the the like the Bengals were last year. The Bengals were my pick last year. I was asked countless times, who's your breakout team? Who's your surprise team? Who's your who's your pl- deep playoff team that no one sees coming? And I said, the Bengals will win the division. And I got laughed at left and right. Philly's got that potential. Philadelphia has that potential. D- Dallas Cowboys have that potential. A lot of people writing off the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys are an easy team to make fun of, especially if you are a hardcore fan of another team and especially if you're a hardcore fan of a, a rival team of the Dallas Cowboys. Like, you need to take off your 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 hate hat when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys and respect the offense that they could be. Top five. They're number one last year in a lot of the categories. The, the Dallas Cowboys could be a top five offense. Dallas Cowboys have a phenomenal defense that can give up points. Yeah, but they're playmakers. The Dallas, like in fantasy, the Dallas Cowboys defense could be top five. The Chargers could be one to five. The Dallas Cowboys could be one to five. They're, you know, Buffalo, San Francisco is very, very sneaky. I think a lot of people do see them coming, but it, it's like you have Buffalo, you have a lot of people, Tampa. They, they, they expect these teams to be the top defensive, you know, units out there in fantasy football and NFL. When really, to me, the dark horse defenses in 2022 are the Chargers, the Cowboys. 
I think these two teams are coming and they're going to drop fire in 2022. So Dallas, Philly, those are my, my back, to, back on point to Devontae Smith. I like Devontae Smith a lot. Unfortunately, he's not in the best position, but he's not in a bad position anymore. The presence of A.J. Brown kind of hurts him, but it also kind of helps him because now A.J. Brown can can maybe have some wiggle room. Now Jalen Hurts can maybe buy some more time to throw the football. Now it won't be all these short checkdowns. It'll be spreading the ball out, airing it out, having Devontae play in different spots than he had to play in last year. Devontae won't be double teamed. If anybody's getting double teamed, it's A.J. Brown every single time. That might benefit Devontae Smith, and maybe Devontae develops differently than people have been expecting. And I think that, like... I, how do, I, I'm trying to think of another player that's very much like him. Like DJ Moore. You know, DJ Moore's had a lot of upside, and yet he's never been able to bring it to fruition because he doesn't have the situation. I believe Devontae Smith, even with a good quarterback like Jalen Hurts that nobody respects that they should respect, you're looking at a potential very different developmental process for Devontae Smith moving forward than we just witnessed last year. So I think people will give up on him, and I absolutely like him, bro. Next question. Hey, Smitty, what do you think of Monty as a running back one? Um, I see him going anywhere from the third to the fifth. I'm really happy with him anywhere after the fourth. Um, Monty, I don't, yeah, I don't like him in the fourth. So what you said was perfect. I think, um, thanks again, Avatar, for all the super chats, buddy boy. Uh, Monty. You know what I love when people say, who's Monty? Like, do you not play fantasy football at all to know that Monty is David Montgomery? Like, come on. But 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 Montgomery is a great fifth rounder. Fourth rounder, I don't know. We do mock drafts, and I don't love him in the fourth round. I love him in round five. So I agree with the verbiage you used. Anywhere after four. Um, if you're doing a zero RB approach, he most certainly could be of value. Imagine if you get Monty in five, and, and for some of you that have the patience, unlike I, to wait on this man, um, Kenneth Walker, you, you could walk out zero, R, zero RB. Let's say you go Lamb and Diggs, and then you go Josh Allen, you know, and you go early quarterback, or you go Kyle Pitts in round three. So, Picture whichever one you want. Let's take it to the uh, to the table, and, and, you, and you tell me you tell me which one you like more. Because it doesn't it doesn't matter to me. It's preference at this point. So I don't want to hear. Oh, but I don't like Josh. Allen. Okay, so decide someone else. But you could have Josh Allen. Here's your two running back spots. Here's your three wide receiver spots, or two wide receiver spots, or two and a flex, whatever. And you take uh, uh, Adams. I don't like Lamb, Smitty. Then take Adams. Use the process, not the players. Adams and Debo, whoever you want. Okay, if you don't like Adams, you don't like Debo, replace him with Lamb, replace him with Diggs, replace him with whoever you want. Then you come out and you get Walker in the sixth round. And then you get um, Monty in round five. That's awesome. I mean, that's that's a really good approach. I like it. And if you don't like Josh Allen there and you want to take like a a Trey Lance later, take Trey Lance later. Now you have a third round player. You could probably, you can either get a a Brees Hall in round round three, go Brees Hall in round three, 
um you could get a, a you know a dk but you know you can't get him at four like i said so why even go that route you could go kyle pitts so you could have lance monty walker adams debo pitts and if you don't like debo then throw in lamb throw in whoever you like throw in tyreek hill whatever suits you whatever floats your boat but ultimately I kind of like this approach better from that like 11-12 pick if you get Swift and Javante and then those are your two running backs then your 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 wide receivers are as follows you get DK and Waddle and then you get Walker that next round like I love that and if let's say you don't get Walker you get Burrow like, those teams win leagues. This is unbelievable. This is like almost like a mini two-headed monster trading up to like the one and two pick overall. This is like a little tiny version of the one-headed, the two-headed monster. And then you add the, the three-headed monster there with Burrow. Burrow's so unbelievable. This this team right here is one of my favorite teams I've fielded in several leagues. Um, and then if you take Burrow out and you put Walker in as your flex... Uh, this is again it's it's very much in the same vein this is some of my favorite drafting i've done in 2022 absolutely love it so monty round five smitty approved you've just been smitty approved uh what do we got here terry yeah good idea silver uh i gotta figure out how to do all that i think you guys are talking about something else in here this is the voicemail group, fellas. Okay, where's where's my next uh, voicemail? Drop one. We've got uh, we've got one from Victor. What's up, Smitty? What's your opinion about the Jets receiving group? Do you like Garrett Wilson? Do you like Elijah Moore? What do you think about them? And who do you prefer to draft? Jets wide receivers. Good topic. Um, I really like. Elijah Moore and I like Garrett Wilson I do I do he wasn't my number one wide receiver in the rookie draft class before the NFL draft I think he did land in one of the very best spots but I do believe that Elijah Moore has something to say he's not going to just go quietly into the night and and he's not going to just completely vanish from fantasy football wide receiver one potential existence this guy still could be the number one wide receiver there in New York, and he could flirt with being a wide receiver one, two. We'll call him a high end wide receiver two in fantasy and a number one for his team to clarify those two things, Terry, for you. I, I, I think, um, I, if I had to bank in redraft, I would bank on Elijah Moore. If I had to draft one of them in dynasty, I may lean Garrett Wilson, but I'd be very tempted to still lean Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore is good. If if this team didn't draft Garrett Wilson, there would be Elijah Moore fan clubs everywhere. He would be as popular, he would be way popular than Bateman to to I think a majority of people or at least he'd be equal to Bateman. The Bateman hype is out of control. The guy's pulled in and I know he was injured and banged up and he I get it, but he still has only pulled in 500 and something yards and one touchdown in a single season. So Bate, you know, Bateman, you know, is going to have a lot to prove to me to earn the value we're bestowing upon him like I'm not saying Bateman's for sure gonna bust I'm not saying he's gonna for sure be a monster I'm indifferent on Bateman 
And being indifferent means I'm not going to go near the previous value uh, or the current value of of like wide receiver, high end wide receiver two potential. I'm just not going near that. I don't. I, can he do it? Yeah. So Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore. If Garrett Wilson was not there, the Elijah Moore hype might be so out of control. I might not like him. You know, that's what I'm trying to tell you. How good this kid is. So, I don't know. Yeah, somebody's... I don't know what somebody's doing in the Cooper Cup League. They drafted Batty. Like, what are you doing? Why would you waste your opportunity to try and not only win this Cooper Cup League, but I don't know. I have to find out what what his thought process was. It was Snake Eyes. I don't think Snake Eyes has been trolling in any of our mock drafts, so I don't know why you would do that. Corey Davis done. Yeah, I mean, I have no faith in Corey Davis, bro. All right, uh, next question from Asher. Smitty, who's your top uh, defense this year? I got uh, the Brian Flores and uh, Mike Tomlin-led Pittsburgh Steelers, but I'm a little biased. Uh, defense, uh, my sneak, my sneaky good potential number one finisher defenses are the Chargers and the Dallas Cowboys. Of course, I feel like you've got Tampa, you've got Buffalo, you've got, you know... Um, uh, Pittsburgh, you know, New England's always crafty, but but ultimately I'm you know Niners top five. I'm I'm ultimately waiting for the Chargers and the the Dallas Cowboys. Those are my sneak my sneaky good value grab defenses that may not fall all the way. Yeah, Green Bay is pretty good pick too. Um, it's not like Chargers are gonna fall out of the top twelve or something. But like when everybody's scooping up Tampa and Buffalo and Pittsburgh, and I'm gonna be like, okay, once I start feeling like the Chargers are climbing up the ADP rank, the Dallas Cowboys are climbing up the ADP ADP rank, I might reach a little bit for one of Dallas or the Chargers. I might actually draft a defense a lot higher than I normally would to secure one or both of these defenses. To be honest with you, I'm real excited about both the Chargers. And the Cowboys defenses in 2022 from a fantasy football perspective. Um, so excited, excited, excited. Uh, let's go back to the voicemail group. This one's from Kenny. Hey, Smitty. Since he's going to be playing 14 games against top 12 passing defenses, it's slightly alarming. It's not something I usually pay attention to, but that's pretty tough. Who are we talking about? Smitty, what do you think of Monty as Oh, Ma- Monty. I think you're talking about Monty. Yeah, um, defenses, they change from year to year, so you got to be a little careful. Uh, according to my my uh, uh, my rank, my uh, uh, strength of schedule ranking, I don't know if you've checked out mine, Kenny, but let me go and see where the... the... Let me see where he ranks. Do I have this one up? I think I do have... The strength of schedule up, but I've got to find it real quick because mine's different. Everybody else, everybody else is a little bit different strength of schedule. I'll have to locate my strength of schedule. Um, I think I need to repost that on the new thefantasyfootballshow.com. I thought I had it up. I think I may have taken it down briefly to to work on it, but I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you an idea of where they're ranking once I, I, I look that up and break it down. I'll, pu- I'll put a post on the fantasyfootballshow.com. But my, my strength of schedule is different. 
because it, a lot of it has to do with PPR and rushing. Like when you're Monty and you can pull in passes when you're pretty much any running back in the NFL and you, you have a lot of PPR value, um, and most every single running back does, you know, you're, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna have different value than people expect in a game where you're, they're, you're throwing the football cause you're going to throw to your running back. So my strength of a schedule is different than most anybody. So I'll, I'll have that up on the fantasy show.com, but good question. Um, let's go to the phone lines now and, uh, answer some phone calls. Call into the show. Call, call, call into the show. Call into the show. Dial 602 NFL. Dial into the show. I'm activating said phone line right now. It is open. I'll hit the chat until we get a call. Um, a lot of you talking in here about the Niners defense. I think the Niners defense will be good. Smitty, have you seen the Cardinals back half of their seasons? T- yeah, I mean, I, I talk about it, Sleeper. They're the toughest schedule in the entire NFL. The Cardinals have the toughest schedule out of every team in the entire NFL. I don't care what anybody, anybody tells me. Anybody's uh, schedule ranking says different. I don't trust it because the Cardinals have maybe one winnable game in the final eight to nine games of the season. It's absolutely crazy. It's atrocious. It's the worst schedule I've ever seen um, for the second half of a season. It's absolutely brutal. Uh, let me let me pull it up. NFL, let's see. Arizona Cardinals NFL schedule. I mean, this is bad. What's up, buddy? You're live on the Fantasy Football Show. What can I do for you? Who is this? Awesome. Great call. Okay, here here's the Cardinals schedule. Week 10. Week 10. The, the Okay, hold on. What's up, man? You're live on the Fantasy Football Show. Who am I talking to? What's up, Smitty? It's Terry. Terry. What's up, Terry? Hey, a lot of people uh, still think it's Ezekiel Elliott um, this coming year. I think it's straight up Pollard season all the way. I mean, it's so. it's definitely going to be intriguing to watch what happens. But, I mean, definitely temper expectations initially because the team will be throwing Zeke Elliott out there as a starter. Like, uh, people need to, to draft. Like, Pollard's a, a handcuff and late draft selection for a reason. Because he will right. not, he will not start off as a starter. Like, this is a bull right. call. This is a him take. This is a takeover. You know, but 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 right. Zeke, according to the reports, man, um, and I'm not saying I I'm like on board with this, you know, ending up being the way. Oh, this is the Lamar news. Hold on, let me pull the Zeke Elliott news. I never really actually read it. We just started talking about it. McCarthy McCarthy believes that Elliott is completely healthy now. Zeke, of course, suffered through an inefficient and uninspiring 2021 as he played through an injury, including a PCL injury. Um, he had a tremendous offseason, said McCarthy. Um, if there's anybody that fits the old bill of the type of running back that can somehow do it longer than the average running back, it is Zeke Elliott. In fact, he's done it. Like, he has 1,700 carries to his name. 
Yeah. So, yeah. like, is there, like I was saying earlier, is there a world where Zeke Elliott could potentially be a top, I don't know, bro, like a top 10 to 15 running back or 9 to 15, like he could be borderline top 10? I think he could, but I think he gets hurt. So then that's when Pollard comes in. Yeah. So Pollard, yeah. per start, I think is going to be a top 6 to 12 running back. But we don't know how many games that yeah. will be. What? When does it happen? Uh, uh, yeah, right. Sort of like Madison, you know. Yeah, Ma- Madison too. Like, yeah, he's a. But Madison's even more of a cuff than than Pollard is. Pollard's almost got like the yeah, cream hunt value from previous years, where yeah, from, you couldn't really yeah. cuff Zeke Elliott and Pollard. But I think Zeke has a shot at being more efficient than any of us think for a, a longer period of time but can I see it for 17 games no I can't I think eventually it will be a takeover I think Pollard's too explosive to keep off the field even if Zeke is doing well they'll probably dial Zeke back at mid let's say Zeke is able to get through half a year at like 14 15 carries a game which he could be pretty efficient with he could be worth maybe a fifth or a sixth round pick. I don't agree with anybody drafting Zeke in two, three, four. Absolute madness. You're not baking in any risk at all. But let's say he does earn round five value for eight games. My my guess wow. is will be look I'm just saying maybe. I'm not saying he will. I'm saying let's pretend. Yeah, uh, I don't uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I don't think he will because of the injury risk but, you know, but let's say he does. That's my main concern. Let's say he does through week eight, wow. let's say. Let's say he does through week eight. Let's just say he does. I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm just yeah. pretend. Close your eyes and pretend, Terry. He's top top 12-ish for running backs through week eight. He's probably going to be dialed back a lot at some point because they're, they're going to want to keep him healthy. And he is important. Like, if he's running, if he's getting, like, 4.4 yards per carry, and he's he's efficient when he's on the field. They they will want to keep him healthy for a playoff run, you know. And and, and I think that that's that is, when Pollard's, that is true. Pollard's going to kind of yeah. like take over maybe. But it's there's no yeah. lock. Like if you draft Pollard, you have to draft him as a win a league bench player, or you're rolling the dice with your flex spot, assuming he's going to get a whole bunch of run. And, you know, both these running backs will be on the field at the same time a lot, which is very possible. Pollard is the better running back right. by 100,000 miles at this point in their two careers. Oh, yeah. Oh, but, yeah. No but, doubt. But will the team move on? I don't know. What else you got, Terry? Yeah. Uh, uh, what do you think about Hawkins being suspended? I mean, do you think he will come back and, and uh, catch fire again toward the end of the season? TJ Hawkinson for the Lions at tight end? Um, no, uh, Hawkinson, uh, Hawkins for Arizona being suspended. You think he'll catch fire toward the end of the oh, year? Hopkins. Yeah. Okay. I thought you said Haw- Hawkinson. Um, he could like, here, here's the thing. I felt like walking into 2022 early off season, Hopkins was a steal because he came off an injured year. People were writing him off. Talking about him being washed and all that. Now it doesn't help to start off the year with six games, you know, unavailable to you. And and sometimes yeah. a suspension can be uh, uh, can be very similar to a holdout. When a player holds out, they oftentimes get hurt because they're not ready for gameplay. 
they're they're held back physically. Um, it's almost like not stretching and then going out for a, a timed mile run. Like like Hopkins is putting himself in a position where he's going to be again more susceptible to injury because he's literally not playing for six weeks and he's going to be thrown to the wolves when everybody else is firing on all cylinders and he's going to be playing like his preseason game or you know his first week. Um, but but Hopkins, this is good for keeping him healthy maybe because he's had trouble staying healthy and may, you know at, at the same time like maybe. It could go either way, but maybe he's able to make sure all of his previous injuries are in the rear view and he's not rushing back. And we hear he's healthy, but who knows? So that more time might get him healthy. Now, staying healthy with the six games off, that worries me. But getting healthy for the start of, you know, his week seven game, I'm I'm a little more... I'm kind of excited about him, but like at what cost? If If I've got to draft him in the top five rounds... I'm not taking him. Yeah, uh, yeah, there's no way. Not for me, at least. You know, I wouldn't do it. It's too risky there. Yeah. You know. But but Hollywood Brown's yep. going to be a PPR monster in the first six weeks oh, of yeah. the season. And Especially then he... the beginning, and he's just still, because he's toward the end of the draft. Yeah, and he might, he might continue it on, you know, because rapport is rapport, man. If, you, if you've if you got a, an insane rapport with a player, and he's, you know, obviously the two played together previously, so, so yeah. Kyler wants Hollywood Brown, you know, and he's wanted him for a while. So I think to get his boy, this is good for Kyler. It's good for the Cardinals. Um, a lot of people think that, that Hopkins being out means that the Cardinals take a big hit. Like the schedule's hard for the Cardinals. It's going to be hard to make yeah. the playoffs, especially yeah. in the, in the West, especially given that, uh, you know, the wild card spots are going to be tough to grab, and I don't think the Cardinals have a shot at, at all. Like, 0% chance in my mind of winning the division because their schedule is so tough. So they've got to grab one of three wild card spots with a lot of good teams. But I think that that performance-wise, like, you take Hopkins out, put Hollywood in, nothing really changes for me. And in fact, maybe things get a little bit better offense, offensively. But once Hopkins comes yeah. back, it's even better than it's ever been before offensively. So we'll see how good Kyler can perform and if he can keep his head on yeah. straight, if he can stay healthy, if he can, you know, maybe this is, you know, when you break your right arm and you learn to do things with your left arm and then finally your right arm's back to good health, you all of a sudden are more coordinated and you've got a whole lot more you can offer, right? Like yeah. maybe having no Hopkins and forcing Kyler to play different with different players is going to help him once Hopkins comes back and now he's going to feel like he can he can do it all so we'll see uh, I'm optimistic of Kyler I've always been very critical I've called him juice box Kyler I've called him Kryler Murray I've, I'm definitely <laughs> still very critical of this man for the way he is not shown leadership but of course pretty much yeah. at the end of every time I rip on him I say I'm pulling for him I'm a Cardinal fan I want it to happen I'm allowed to be critical from a Cardinal perspective and, and, and the dude has done a little bit better and that's why they might offer him the bag. I don't really know why the Cardinals are changing their tune so quickly. Cause it's not like Kyler Murray's yeah. done a whole lot to prove what they wanted, but the Cardinals maybe right. were bluffing to see if he would at least change his attitude. Maybe he hasn't become the leader they want yet. It's going to take time, but his attitude's different already. And the think they wanted to like put him in his place. All right, Terry. Yeah, um, yeah. Appreciate you, buddy. All right, good. But hey, guys, 
We got 86 in here, only 54 likes. Let's get them up. Get them up. Do it. Later, Terry. All right. Later. All right. Drop uh, another call. Anybody dial in. I'll hit the chat. I don't know where I was going. Cardinal schedule, I think. What's up, buddy? You're live on the Fantasy Football (laughs) Show. Who am I talking to? This is Kamal. Kamal. Who? This is Kamal. Kamal, what's up? How you doing? I'm good, bro. Uh, could you talk about could you talk about two players, uh, Saquon and uh, Elijah Mitchell? Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about uh, Barkley. We'll go Barkley first. Yeah, Barkley and Mitchell. Um, I mean, what we haven't seen him play well in a while, bro. You know, so as much as I want to be like, okay, he's one of the most talented, athletically built uh, players in the NFL. As much as I want to say he's got potential, and he does, like I'd be lying if I told you I didn't envision a scenario where he could come in and be a top five to ten running back, like it's Saquon Barkley. But, yeah. but this is the same same trouble we have with Christian McCaffrey, who you know has proven to not be available the best avail the best abilities availability and and CMC hasn't been available like. It's it's hard like Mike Thomas, Barkley, CMC. These are three guys okay. that have the potential to completely screw you out of everything if you take them too high. Yeah. So Christian McCaffrey, he's yeah. a first rounder. He's a top five pick to a lot of people. Some people take him two overall. He's got the potential. No one's doubting that, but he has a track record that is a little bit stronger as of late of disappointing than he does of blowing up. And, and the same thing for Barkley. Now, a lot of people are going to say, and I see a couple ch- uh, comments all already saying, "All systems go by Prime." I don't, I don't, I don't hate your take, Prime. Two years away from an ACL, he should be good. Says Prime again. I get Prime wants to root for him. I can guarantee Prime's got him in a league or two where he's about to target him. But that's fine. It's okay to have bias against players you own. You own them for a reason. You still like them. But I mean, bad offense, bad offensive line quarterback that vultures the, the the touchdowns and opportunities um very questionable situation in general what happens if there's a quarterback change um I I just I if there was a better surrounding situation around him I think I would be more willing to be like okay let's go ahead and gamble but like where would you take him mm-hmm. G- give me your give me your uh, your target range for him I'm thinking at the end of the second round. That, that, that's not even close to my line in the sand. I, I, I'm sure you're familiar with my line in the sand approach. Yeah. So, like, my line in the sand. And, and again, trust your gut. You know, I'm wrong, man. I'm wrong about stuff every year. This could be one of the things. No one's right about everything. But if yeah. you're talking about, like, this is round one. This is round two. This is round three. This is round four. Yeah. And I'm in the I'm in the second pick. You're talking second pick in the second round. No, I'm the second like second overall pick in the first round, and then swooping around down, um, whatever pick that is at the end of the second. Oh, you're, so you're right here. Yeah. And I was, what's, I was your, what's, what's your pick? Two, your six two point one one. 
Your, t- your pick's 2.11, yep, one, one, right? Yeah. Okay. Bro, there are so many players right here that are wor- that are worth more of a gamble than Barkley. Like, this pick okay. right here. So, you have this pick. So, you have the 4.11. You have the 3.2. And you have the 1.2. Yep. Yep. Okay, number I mean... one, he'll be here. So, if he gets taken before here, so be it. You know, like don't don't be don't mm-hmm. be messing around with your second rounder. Not that they're that far apart, but like it could be a significant difference in player. But I don't even take him here. Mm-hmm. Not even close. This is where if you're gonna gamble on him, I would gamble on him, and I don't know that he's gonna fall there. So if you have to own him, if he's your guy, if your gut tells you that he's your guy, I suppose you could take him here. It's not crazy to take him at three point two. It's not like take a lap worthy. It's just not my choice. I, I there's so many players I like better. At three point two, yeah. than, than Saquon Barkley. Yeah, Javante. Well, well, Javante better not fall past here to you, or you're taking eight thousand laps. Like, but but Javante's <laughs> probably going in this range, right? I don't know if you're watching the show at the same time, but he's probably going at like one point seven to two point five. Like, I can't see Javante falling past that. If he falls here, you got to take him. You could get Najee Harris or Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase or Cooper Cup depending on if it's redraft and get, if you got Javante there, that'd be a home run. But my, my thing is give me, give me Kenneth Walker as my running back two instead of Barkley in the five to six okay. or seven round range, and then spend this on a yep. wide receiver or Kyle Pitts or, you know, go, you know, if you don't like going early quarterback, Josh Allen, there's so many wide receivers that that'll be available here or, or, you know, yeah. you could go Brees Hall and get Hall and Walker as your running backs and spend your first on Jefferson Cup or Chase. Maybe this is, uh, you know, who knows who falls there, Hill or whoever you like. Um, if you don't like Hall, there's so many wide receivers that should be available. You could go P- Pitts is a little early there. Pitts would be great here, but I don't think he'll fall there. But I don't know, bro. I, I Barkley to me is way, way, way too high at, at 2.11. Like I don't, I would not consider that, man. Where are we at? Okay, yeah, that, that makes sense. I've been a little hesitant about Barkley at that that position. Yeah, it's just I mean, even at three point two, I wouldn't touch it. I wouldn't touch it. I grab him. I'm probably not going to own him. I understand that, but I wouldn't touch him until round four. Right, that's me. Like, I mean, what's he? What's he proven? What's he proven? The only thing you have is that you're hopeful. Like, give me some facts. What has yeah. he proven? Everyone says he looks great or he sounds great. Like, what's he shown? You know, the last thing you saw was he struggled all year long with an ACL tear, which is understandable, but he literally struggled all year to get back to form. Then he suffered the ankle injury, which everyone says was a freak accident, but it wasn't in my book because it's the way he runs the ball. He stepped on his own lineman's foot. He was trying to rush through, and literally, he was like this close to his lineman running the football. There's, there's a way to avoid that. Everyone's crazy when they think everything injury-wise is, is like a random occurrence. It's not. Like, Barkley hasn't proven anything. When Barkley proves it, then I'm willing to get more back on board, but not at two-point. Yeah. Like, you're talking about a massive player you could grab there, bro. Um, Who's the other player you want me to talk about? Uh, yeah, what do you think about Elijah Mitchell at the 5-2? Yeah, um, 
it, it sounds like Eli Mitchell there. I don't know how strongly I feel about Shanahan sticking with him as a full-time bell cow all year long. I, I kind of feel like I kind of feel like at like 6.2 6 you have a 6. You're going to have the uh, 6.11, right? Yeah, he probably won't fall. He could fall there. He could fall there. Like people are getting worried about him. His ADP is definitely on the decline, not climbing up. Mm-hmm. But I think <clears throat> 5. Point, let's see. 4.11, see so at 5.2. 5.2 is too early, I think, for, for Eli Mitchell. It's not. It, it depends on flow, but I imagine there'll be better options at 5.2, like Walker. Like Walker. Walker will yeah. probably be there for you at 5.2. And I don't think that's a reach. A lot of people tell you to wait till 6.7, and I joke around with myself. James! James Stark, DM me on Instagram right now, pal. You didn't do it. You don't think it's... You don't think it's going to be a split between Penny and Walker down in Seattle? Um, initially it could be, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not I'm not worried about that at all. James, DM me on Instagram yeah. or email me through the fantasyfootballshow.com. You didn't do it the other day. Um, I I think Eli. So here's here's my final take on Eli Mitchell. If Eli Mitchell is cuffed to to bat uh, to Davis Price. And if you are in a huge, huge league, like big rosters, you might even contemplate. Uh, You're in? Okay, good, James. You might even contemplate having all three of these running backs. Trey Sermon, Davis Price, and Mitchell. I mean, if you don't feel like your league is built for that, like if you've got small rosters, you don't have deep benches, then I probably wouldn't go down the path of drafting Mitchell at all, man. You know, but if you yeah. can consume all three of those running backs, and people say that's a dumb move to have three running backs for one draft slot, it is dumb in some contexts, but in some contexts it's not. The Niners do rotate their running backs, but they usually stick with one running back yeah. when they're rotating in the So if it is Sermon for four four games, he's gonna ball out. If it is Davis Price for four games, he's gonna ball out. If it's Mitchell for 10 games, he's going to ball out. And you're literally maybe yeah. getting yourself a running back one at the cost of a, a 6, uh, 11, okay. and a 12th round pick. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that's So in, in, in a vacuum, I actually love Eli Mitchell if he's cuffed to the other running yeah. backs and the cost is like 6 round on. If you're, you're talking about high round yeah. 5 like you have, I don't think it's – I think it's too early. If he falls to you to six point one one, so be it. Grab him, cuff him. Make sure if you can't cuff both backups to him because your benches are not big enough, make sure yeah. you grab Davis Price. Make sure you grab Davis Price. One hundred percent. Okay. And cuff him to Mitchell. Yeah. Yeah. You think uh, it'd be better just to grab either you go out around up and grab Brees Hall on the four four eleven and then grab a quarterback or tight end in the fifth round. Brees Hall at 4'11". If you get Brees Hall at 4'11", yeah. um, your entire league needs to take a lap. <laughs> Brees Hall at 4'11 would be like highway robbery. If you can, <clears throat> come, if you can come away with Brees Hall at 4'11 and, and Kenneth Walker, let's say around 6, but even around 5, I'm fine with I don't care... Everyone says, wait, wait, wait. And I make fun of myself because I never know where the envelope is. Like where that, 
where I could I could push the envelope and, and get him as late as possible because I snipe myself. I, I snipe myself on Kenneth Walker. I can't wait. I grab him around round six is the latest I've ever let him fall, and I've never let him fall past round six. I can't do it. I can't do it. And his ADP is climbing to about six to seven now instead of seven to eight to nine. So you're you're really it's all up to the pre rank list. Think about it. You're on the clock, and you're on the clock, right? You're five point two. You're at five point two. You're on the clock. Yeah. If Kenneth Walker is the tenth or eleventh running back listed, and like the eighteenth overall player listed, you have a real good shot at getting him the next time your pick comes around. But if he's the yeah. fourth ranked running back, he's gone. You're not going the distance all the way down and back to your pick in round six and, and watching this guy not get taken. Like, if he's the fourth or third or fifth, like, he's not down a ways, you're going to lose him. Like, the, the, it's so funny how people just draft without considering the pre rank list. The pre rank list influences so many people. Every round you get, every round you go deeper into your draft, the more influential your pre rank list is. Why? Because not everybody in your league is embedded in fantasy football year-round. There are people, we call them magazine drafters, that literally, when they get to round five or six, the ADP pre-rank list is their guide, bro. Like, you, you can almost, it's almost like an exact science. When you get to, like, round five, people are drafting guys yeah. in those top four available players listed. It's like, oh, I guess I'll take him, or I guess I'll take him. And it's like, yeah. they, they can't... They, yeah, play the goblin on the fifth or sixth round. Yeah, and, and the yeah. pre-rank list can screw everything up for you because, like, let's say it has Kenneth Walker too high, then he, people are going to draft him. I guarantee you, if Kenneth Walker was floating at the top of the pre-rank list in your league <laughs> software in round four, he would go in round four. If if he was sitting there as the first or second ranked option by the software or the app that you're using. And you're at 4.2. He would go by 4.5. Like, it influences everybody. And it's great news that Kenneth Walker is really far down on the pre-rank list. But he is climbing. The, the climb is coming. The uptick is happening. And so, my whole point is, you get Brees Hall around 4. You get Kenneth Walker in 5.6. And I don't think 5 is a reach. He's worth it. He could explode from it. You can do all kinds of wide receiver, tight end, quarterback building in rounds 1, 2, 3, bro. That's going to give you a huge <clears throat> advantage, but but don't pass up on okay. running backs either. Like in your two pick, Najee Harris is fine. In your your if if Javante or Swift fell to your second round pick, you better grab him, man. Those are those are league winning moves. And then in your third and fourth round, you just come in. Uh, one of my mods hit that. You just come in and you literally draft like DK and Waddle at wide receiver. And those wide receivers are yeah. totally available in the third and fourth round, man. DK's, they're like clockwork. Yeah. All right, man. All right, thank you. Appreciate, Appreciate you calling anytime. Yep. All right, uh, we'll do one more caller. One more caller. How many people we got in here? We got 91 in here. Hit the thumbs up button. DK Metcalf, the thumb up button. Are my mods taking care of that? Where are my mods at? Yeah, 
Yeah, Terry's got it. Terry's Terry's on patrol. Terry's taking care of it. Thank you, Terry, for, for taking care of that. Guys, uh, let's do one more call. Call into the show. Dial 602-NFL. What's up, Call Saul? Appreciate you being here, buddy boy. Um, Cortland Sutton was such a disappointment last year. I mean, he was coming back from the ACL tier two, bro. Michael K, CPA, Broncos camp. Sutton is an alpha, and Judy is on the out, says Michael K. Michael K. likes Sutton. Magazine drafters don't even know who Walker is, though, so he might still... Again, though, Vamp, it totally depends on the pre-rank list. It doesn't matter if they've never heard of him or not. If he's sitting there and they see a rookie sign next next to him, they're going to be like, oh, this is a rookie. He's ranked high. I'm going to take him. Like, the pre-rank will guide everything. Uh, Official says, hit that like button. Uh, In fact, Will Smith, the like button. Do it now. Do it now. Get down. Get down. Do we have... Where's our, our our Arnold? I think I've got an Arnold. Let's see. Who's this? Where's my Arnold face? Get down. This is, this is Pete Carroll. We are not trading Russell Wilson. We're not doing it. We're not trading Russell Wilson. Okay? Oh, R- Russell Wilson's been traded. I'll tell you one thing. This Kenneth Walker character is going to absolutely explode in 2022. You hear me? Kenny Walker. Guys, we have uh, we got Pete Carroll in here. Live on the show, Pete Carroll is going to tell us exactly what's going to happen with Kenneth Walker in 2022. Yeah, uh, Kenny Walker is going to explode. We're throwing him the football. This kid can catch. Trust Smitty. He knows what he's talking about. Kenneth Walker can pull in the football. And uh, basically, should I take my shirt off? Should I take... No, okay. We'll leave it on. We'll leave it on. Uh, We do need to find... I was looking for Arnold. There we go. There we go. Hold on. I got a shot. Get down! Draft Kenny Walker 2022 if you want to leave. Get down! Let me read the chat. Somebody give me a question. DK or AJ Brown in Dynasty? Both will get down. Both are fantastic. Highly successful situations. Both of them are very complex situations. AJ Brown is bad knees. But DK Metcalf has no quarterback. Get down. Get to the chopper. Waddle or Hill. 
Get to the chopper. How's the cup league going? Let's see. The cup league. What's up, pal? You're live on the fantasy football show. What can I do you for and who am I talking to? Hey, Smitty, this is Kenwar. Kenwar? Hey. Kenwar, yes. what's up, Can buddy? you hear me okay? I can hear you okay. Okay, I'm driving the truck, so I was worried about the background noise. No problem. What's up, man? Hey, so I got a 10-team league. It's a redraft, uh, three-keeper league. Um, right now, I don't know um, um, who everybody is keeping. Can you make a box like you just did for the previous guy? I'm picking at nine. It's a 10-team league, so I got 1.9, 2.1, 3.9, and 4.1. My round five and six are gone because I'm keeping um, Cup in fifth and Joe Burrow in sixth, and I'm also keeping Debo Samuel in right, tenth. Hold on. Let's, let's redo that. Okay, so... Say that again. You're you're keeping who and what? Cooper Cup in round five. Okay. And I'm keeping Joe Burrow in round six and Debo in tenth. Debo in ten. Yep. Okay. So this means there's three players kept by everybody. Yes. Okay, so three players, there's 12 teams or 10? 10. So that means there's 30 players off the board already. That means that you're essentially yep. you're essentially drafting at like two points, like in the third round. Okay. Basically, yeah. Okay, and you have the 1.9? Yep. Straight down the whole draft, reverse snake? Yep. Okay. All right, so what uh, what players do you know of that are available right now? Because the third round, you're talking like DKs and Waddles, and are the rookies thrown into this, you know, draft? That's the thing. I don't know the keepers, the other keepers yet. Uh, they won't be revealed until July 31st. Um, so, I mean, assuming that, um, you know, everybody is available. Could you give me a guide who would be good at 1.9? I mean, that's the thing. I'm thinking... I don't know who's going to be available, but let let me look at guys like around the 30s and give you an idea because I I highly doubt you're going to have like any McCaffrey's or Eckler's or Mixon's or Harris, Najee Harris or Chubb or Jefferson or Swift or Debo. You're probably not having any of those guys available. Maybe somebody had four of them and there will be one of them released into the, to the draft. You have amazing keepers, by the way. Um, Where are the rookies you said? Is there a separate rookie draft? No, it's just a redraft. Okay, so it's a keeper league with a re- but the rookies are in this draft right here. 
Yep, yep, yep. Okay, so my my off the top of my head, and I need to know what running backs are available to really give you a good answer, and you could always, I don't know if you have my Smitty text line, but you can go to thefantasyfootballshow.com and take a look at that, but I can help walk you through when you're on the clock and stuff. But, but basically, you know, I'm going to assume that Javante's gone, Kamara, Swift, all those guys, even Aaron Jones is probably gone. My guess is that you're looking at like a bunch of like Montgomery's, uh, you might have like an Acres. Um, I highly doubt you have anybody like Kamara or or you know maybe an Aaron Jones is there. I doubt it though. Like anybody that's like borderline yeah. for second round or up is probably being kept. So my first target here would be Brees Hall. Um. I wouldn't be bashful of taking both rookies, Hall and Walker, with these two picks, but it does matter with who's available. Like, if, if it's literally Miles Sanders, Monty, Barkley, Elliott, um, Gibby might be a good pick here if Gibson's uh, available. Gibby would be pretty good. Um, Brees Hall, Gibby, ETN potentially could be available, but my guess is that somebody's going to keep him. But because he's borderline somebody's fourth or fifth player, potentially, like if the person that has ETN has a stack team, they're going to let ETN go or try and trade him. Um, if I had to rank the guys likely to be available, let's put ETN first. I'd say ETN, Brees Hall, Gibby, uh, Kenneth Walker, like those are the top running back options that I can envision. But again, you have to let me know if there's better names available. Wide receiver, we're probably looking at a similar thing. Anybody that's borderline like second or 2.5 round capable are probably gone. My guess is you probably, someone's going to even keep like Higgins. But Higgins would be a, a good pick, obviously, if he was there. Um, even better would be DK in my mind. Um Hold on one second, my pen's out. So I know for sure that Keenan Allen will be available and Calvin Kamara because they were on my team last year, so nobody else can keep them. Would Kamara be a good pick at 1.9 or even um, 2.11? Yeah. I mean, 2.2 going backwards. In, in this format, when he'd be your fourth player, yeah, Kamara would be number one. Camaro would be number one, ETN would be two, Brees Hall would be three, Gibby would be four, Walker would be five in my mind. Um, wide receiver, you said Keenan okay. Allen is available? Yep. And what other what other wide receivers that you know of? Uh, Devontae Adams is going to be available. Okay, who else that you know of? Um, that's all. I can't really say who's going to pick, uh, who's going to keep who. I might, you know, have the same conversation later when I know the keepers. But um, I have a quick question about Debo. Um, I'm keeping Debo in the tenth in the tenth round, which is a great value. But if Debo goes back to like a strictly wide receiver role, is he still going to be a wide receiver one? Well, he was the number one wide receiver in the entire league last year in yards per catch, bro. Yeah, you know, and he was uh I mean he's he's a phenomenal wide receiver. People like let me ask you this. If you were let's say a I don't know. Let's say you're an accountant 
at your firm, okay? And somebody asks you to part-time go play attorney for the for the company you work for. You go and play attorney. You're not an attorney. You go play attorney and you crush it, bro. You absolutely crush it. Am I going to come back, come back and judge you and say you're not you never proved yourself as a wide receiver? You know, like like the, it's crazy to me that people literally judge Debo Samuel for not proving he was an elite wide receiver one without the the wide back, you know, bonus and, and, and everything that he brought to the table as a wide back. He literally has stats like the, the number one receiver in the league in yards per catch. He literally was a top, I believe, six wide receiver, top five to six wide receiver before the transition happened in like week, I don't know if it was week eight, nine, or ten. If I've got a Niner fan in here, what what week did, did Debo switch over to a wide back role? I think it was week eight, nine, or ten. Debo was a top five to six, I believe, wide receiver in fantasy football before the switch happened. Like, all the stats line up. And just because the ending didn't paint a picture like he was a traditional top five wide receiver because you took him from half of his job duties and said, go be an attorney, which you don't know how to do. And he knocked it out of the park, bro. If he can knock that out of the park, that tells me that this guy in his own position can absolutely dominate all the time. But but here's the, you're asking the wrong question because he's not going to be taken from the wide back role. They don't want him running up the gut. Nobody wants him running up the A gap and the B gap and getting smashed by offensive linemen. But if you think that he doesn't want the ball in his hands once he's got the contract done, if you think that the Niners don't want to have him take a you know, a, a, a monster step back from the line of scrimmage behind the quarterback, catch the football, which counts as a rush, and take it, you know, 80 yards to the house. If you don't think Debo wants the ball in those situations, you're letting the, I'm not going to play wide back then if you don't give me the right contract. You're letting that stuff sway you, bro. And it's, it's bottom line is Debo Samuel is going to want the football. Bottom line is the Niners will want to put the football in his hands. And they can do it in different ways than up the gut. Wide back does not mean running back. Everybody thinks wide back is up the gut. We need to, we need to dial him back. We can't have him up the gut anymore. That's true. That's true. Nobody, they shouldn't have been doing that anyway. If you look back at it, the Niners had a bunch of running back injuries. He was the only option that they had. They had to run him up the gut. But there's no way this thing's going to go that route in 2022 with the additional running back and Davis Price, with Mitchell being healthy to start the year, with Sermon being healthy and looking good. They don't need any running. They don't need Debo up the gut. But he's not going away from this wideback rule. And even if they dial it all back a little bit, he delivered and proved himself as a wide receiver. You have a fantastic 10th round keeper in Debo. You have a fantastic keeper in Burrow as well. And uh, Cooper Cup. I mean, you can't get better than Cooper Cup in round five, bro. That was a fantastic drafting that you oh, yeah. pat yourself on the back on that one. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But, absolutely. But, Thank you. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not doubting like Devo's, um, you know, talent-wise or anything. Uh, and I agree with everything that you said. I'm, I should have rephrased my question. I am basically trying to ask, if I already have Cooper Cup and Devo Samuel and I got a three-wide receiver league, uh, can I get away just drafting one more wide receiver in the first four rounds and not worry about wide receivers the rest of my draft? You could, but I wouldn't worry about worrying about it. Like, you can't 
You got to take yeah, the best I mean, player. You got to take the best player first. available. If the best player available is Adams, you take Adams. You don't even hesitate. Like you need running backs, you do. But you can't. You can't. You got to take the best player available. You cannot allow positional need to to have you avoiding a player like Adams that you can add to this arsenal because you can make it work at running back. You can do a rotation. You can have Tony Pollard and, you know, maybe uh, Walker does fall, like I say, and you get Walker and Tony Pollard as a rotational. Maybe Monty's there for you. Like, you might be shocked at the running back room you can assemble, but if you've got Adams, Debo, Cooper Cup, and Burrow, it doesn't matter. Like, you, if you if you hit those running backs, you win. If you don't, you're still competing, trying to get that Eli Mitchell off waiver wire. Uh, you know, like, it, it, like, the one thing I would focus on for you is if it does go down the route of you going wide receiver because it's the best player available, you just need to be, like dialed into the show because number one we're going to talk about waiver wire guys and i do waiver wire different than anybody i do waiver my waiver wire advice is my confidence level meter that i have and if a player has a confidence level let's say of 10 out of 10 like mitchell was a 9 out of 10 i i told everyone to draft mitchell and a lot of people come in here and say you were wrong on sermon you were wrong on sermon well not really, because every time I spoke about Sermon, I said Sermon and Mitchell were a handcuff. Sermon and Mitchell were a handcuff. You take them together. You take them together. For people that didn't end up drafting Mitchell because they didn't listen to that advice, Mitchell was on waivers in a lot of leagues. Or your leagues were so small you couldn't draft Mitchell, whatever. Mitchell, out of week one, I came out and said, Mitchell, I have a confidence level of 9 or 10 out of 10 that he is the best pickup of the year. Because I can't tell you how much blind bid dollars to put on a player in waiver wire, you know, in the waiver wire process. I have no idea. How how could I know, Kenwar, what the, the historical data shows in your league? You could have $100 in your blind bid, and you might even do blind bid. You might just do waiver order or something. But how could I know what Jim or Joe or Bob or Sally is going to have to put on a player to win a player because in my leagues some of them you put all if you have a hundred dollars of blind bid dollars you have to spend a hundred dollars to get a person everybody's throwing a hundred dollars every time a hundred dollar wad on every player that's available and then another league everybody's really conservative and i've never played with them before i drop you know we have a thousand dollar blind bid amount and i throw seven hundred dollars on mitchell and the highest bid is like 47 like, I don't know. It's all different, but my confidence level will help you. So if let's say you go down the road of wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, burrow, and you get Adams with that first rounder that you got, and you have no running backs, I we will try our best all year to land you the next Eli Mitchell, and you need to make it your goal to not let anybody beat you out on the waiver wire because every year there's a running back like Rashad Penny down the stretch in 2022, 2021. Eli Mitchell at the beginning. Every year, there's one or two running backs you can pick up that can be difference makers. Maybe it'll be Miles Gaskin because no one's going to draft him. And he comes in and he's an exact type of running back that Miami Mike loves in Miami. Like, who knows who it'll be, but you've got to stay on the ball, bro. But use best player available. If I had to guess, I would say... I would say Camara. I would say Adams, Camara. And then if ETN or DK are there, then you got Keenan Allen. Then it would be, you know, Brees Hall, you know, Gibby maybe even up there with, with Keenan Allen. 
um, Walker, but you need to come back once you know the, the guys that are that are available. But I think I should give you a good like a good start. All right, hey, um, last question before I go. I'm really eyeing, I'm high on Kenneth Walker, and I'm eyeing him, eyeing him in round four. Um, what do you think is going to be the split between Rashad Penny and Kenneth Walker right from week one? Do you think it's going to be 50-50, or do you think it's more like going to be 70-30 or 80-20 in the beginning, and they'll, they'll slowly bring him into the mix later in the season? It so depends on, is Penny healthy? He's always banged up. He's had a tough time staying healthy. Kenneth Walker's a little bit banged up too, to be fair. So it all depends on health. Like if one of them's hurt, the other one's going to come in full go, you know? So like, let's say Penny can't stay healthy. He gets hurt. Kenneth Walker would be the bell cow. He'd be, he'd be Najee Harris workload, you know? But if Penny's healthy, if Walker's healthy, I would not be shocked if it was 50-50. And that doesn't mean anything negative toward Walker. I think a lot of people like are going to freak out and say this is Javante Williams all over again because Javante we we each week week 2 we're like it's going to be fine week 3 it's going to be fine week 4 it's going to be fine week 5 don't worry don't worry and admittedly I was disappointed on how that one week never really came where the flip got, the switch got flipped but that doesn't scare me for 2022 last year's 2021 like yes I used previous years to determine things and help paint pictures but Ultimately, last year has nothing to do with this year because it's a completely different staff. It's it's Russell Wilson under center. It's the fact that this kid was a, a leading tackle-breaking machine in the NFL in la- last year as a, a part-time runner. All these things point to Javante's seasons here. I don't care what anybody says about Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon is a paper tiger. Melvin Gordon's a phantom fear. Um, Penny is a little bit more of a, of a direct threat to Kenneth Walker out of the gate because he had such a good season but he's on a one-year deal you could argue well that means they're going to run him to you know to the into the ground and save Walker I don't know that Pete Carroll's going to be thinking the same way Denver was about we have no shot at winning games we're going to just keep the mileage low on Javante I don't know that that's the way Pete Carroll is going to think Pete Carroll is going to try and run the ball he loves to run the ball they're going to run the ball a ton um, and I think that uh, I think that that Walker's probably a good bet for at least fifty percent of the work right out of the gate, and then it's just a matter of him performing on the field to take over. And Pen- Penny's never been able to put it together for a long period of time, man. Like the odds of him having a full season where he's just completely messing with us like Melvin Gordon did last year with Javante, the odds of that happening feel about as strong as like. Like, I don't know, uh, Deshaun Jackson having a fully healthy season. You know, like you just knew Deshaun was going to go out. I don't believe Penny's going to stay healthy. I don't think Penny's going to be able to do it. And they run the ball a ton. It's going to be fine. And it's not like it's not like you're drafting Walker at a place that doesn't package in that risk anyways. You're taking Walker in round five or six equivalent in your draft or in any other draft. That's packaged in. He's going to get that work. He's going to get the work to, to be a top five to six round pick. He's going to. The question is, will he be a top 15 overall player? And if he is, you win your league. If he isn't, you paid what you, what you paid, you got back. It's completely, completely baked in. Appreciate you, man. So, at, oh, go ahead. Of course. So, like 4.2, 4. Eli, Eli Mitchell or Kenneth Walker? 
4.2 in your draft? Walker. Yeah. Walker by a mile. Okay. Yeah, because you got to do all, all, right. you gotta do all you, that man. cuffing. You take Mitchell, you got to do all that cuffing. Walker, Walker, bro. To the moon. Walker to the moon, pal. Appreciate you. Of course. Thank later. you, Smitty. Great show. Yep, later, man. All right, phone lines are being deactivated. Appreciate everybody that dialed in. Appreciate everybody that, that showed up today. We got 80 people still in the room. Please punch the thumbs up on the, on the way out the door. Um, I'm not doing the uh, the live stream on the Dynasty channel right now. We'll do it tonight, but we definitely will do it tonight. Um, topics, you know, throw in the comments here after this video post, you know, gives you a reason to comment on the channel. I, I respond to every comment on my channel. So in the comments, let me know. Who you would like to? Uh, who would you like to talk about in the in the Dynasty live stream tonight? I'm live Monday through Friday, every single Monday through Friday. Did we get a super chat? We had a super chat in here. Ryan super chatted. Ryan, thank you, buddy boy. Are you still here? You're the best, Smitty. Love how dedicated you are. Thank you, Ryan. Appreciate you. Hopefully, you're still here to hear me read that. So, thank you for the super chat. Really appreciate you, dude. Just pay, Smitty. To draft for you at this point. No, Brian. Come on, Brian. I've only ever played in redraft. I need Dynasty help. James, we can help you. Uh, we ran out of time there. We'll go one more minute. Um, subscribe if you're new. Hit that thumbs up on your way out the door. We still have uh, roughly 80 people in here. Not one of you has left since my countdown started. That's dedication right there. You guys are uh, unbelievable. I work for you. I work for you. I'm live Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern. I'm live also, additionally, anytime there's breaking news ever. Anytime there's breaking news ever, your boy Smitty jumps on here. So let's say tomorrow morning, DK Metcalf signs a, a big fat contract extension or McLaurin gets traded even though the, the, the commanders say they're not trading him. Your boy Smitty will immediately come in here, fire up the lights, fire up the studio, fire up the live stream, and break it down and do it live. That's how we roll. That's how Dad did it. That's how we do it. Actually, Dad never did this. It's just a, a phrase. If anybody knows what, where that what movie that comes from, I say it all the time. Nobody ever ever picks it up. Comment, comment. Also, get on over to thefantasyfootballshow.com. Thefantasyfootballshow.com. Subscribe to the Dynasty channel. You can find it if you go to the main YouTube homepage. Scroll to the bottom. You'll see the Dynasty channel down at the bottom. You'll see all my channels that I'm associated with down there. Subscribe to it. We're, go- we're going live tonight. Appreciate everybody. Talk to you later, broskies.